Hello, it's the Glidus Show. I'm Glidus. You're not. <laughs> I'm. Not, I'm not. Oh no, not I'm, today. I've got some explaining today, to do. I'll be playing the role of Glidus, and who are you playing today? I'll be playing the role of Alt Swift X. And what will we we be doing together today? Discussing food. Yay! This is part five. Five. five? That's what the title says. We've done, what, like like 14 hours of food <laughs> discussion so far, but the people have demanded more. It's true. We're going to finish a series. That's crazy. Have we ever done that before? Finished so. a series of live streams? That's, has, that, has anyone done that I, before? I think we're breaking new ground, honestly. I'm going to call Susan. She'll be so proud of us. She's not in charge anymore. She's still it's proud been, of us. It's been a while. We, we get, we drink. I think she hates me. Oh, she loves me. When we meet up at poker, she always just overbids me and... Yeah, that's just her mind games, man. Yeah, she is a winner. It's all psychological games with her. That's why we love her so much. Oh, you gotta love an emotionally (laughs) manipulative tech CEO. I I wish emotionally manipulative tech CEOs had more power in the world. I wish (laughs) they made more of our decisions for us. I can't be trusted to make my own decisions. so much better. We have done... Four streams that covered four books of A Song of Ice and Fire, discussing each of the food descriptions and giving them a ranking well, from most of them. S to F. Some people in the comments have noticed that we missed some important important food descriptions, which is a shame. Maybe we'll have to go back and... Yeah, do an addendum stream, mm. epilogue, scouring of the Shire sort of thing. We go back and, you know, there's an evil wizard... In the Game of Thrones that we have to discuss. Shame on us if we don't cover all our bases and all the details. For every food description shall get a ranking, and a ranking for every food description. Would you like to begin? Yeah, we probably should begin. So what happens in the prologue of A Dance with Dragons? Honestly, a lot. It's it's the longest prologue, isn't it? Yeah, it must be one of... It's, it's a very long chapter. It continues like the pages. tradition of each book of A Song of Ice and Fire, starting from the perspective of a very sort of dislikable person. Who then dies. Like Merit Frey. And now Varamir. Well, no, is it Varamir or, or is it Merit or is it Rast? It, Merit is the end of A Storm yeah, of Swords. and the epilogue. Is it Rast who's the prologue yes. of A Storm of Swords? Yeah. And now we I have... wouldn't say Crescent is dislikable. Yeah, no, that's true. Crescent is not dislikable and Will is not dislikable at the start of... A Game of Thrones. And uh, Pate. He's just sort of pathetic in A Feast for Crows. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. But but Varamir is a, it must be one of the least likable POVs that there are, I suppose, because mm. he's a... I know lots of people don't like Catelyn. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let, yeah, let, let's do a uh, alignment ranking. Who's more evil? <laughs> Varamir <laughs> Six Skins, the mind-controlling uh, murderer, or... A lady who was kind of mean to her stepson. <laughs> That's a real tough one. I know where I'm voting. So Varamir was one of the lieutenants of Mance Raider and his wildling army. And he was a skin changer. A very good one. He controlled wolves and a uh, snow bear. Oh, I've got a rant about... Uh, I've got a small fun rant about Varamir if you'd like to hear it. Please. So We've Varim- got all day. So, Var- yeah, well, yeah, sadly, this will have to be a relatively short stream. <laughs> but, but Varamir Sixskins, uh, on the Wiki of Ice and Fire, for years, the Wiki of Ice and Fire said that Varamir has a 
shadow skin cloak. And the books, A Song of Ice and Fire, do not say that Varamir has a shadow skin cloak. There was misinformation on the wiki. And I think I figured out why. Because Varamir says to... No, Tormund says to Varamir in the books, Oi, you better pull your head in, bucko. I'm paraphrasing. Bucko. (laughs) Or else I'm going to get me that shadow skin cloak I always wanted. And so I think what happened is that someone read that and thought, okay, therefore Varamir must be wearing a shadow skin cloak. But no, no. I think what Tormund actually means is that he wants to kill and skin Varamir's shadow cat and make a shadow skin cloak out of the shadow cat who Varamir has. I think that scans, yeah. In that scene. I think that is the correct interpretation, but someone misinterpreted it, thought that Varamir was wearing a shadow skin cloak and put that in the wiki. And because the wiki is so influential... Does that mean that all the art of Varamir's six skin has him wearing this shadow skin cloak? Correct. I mean, that's sort of cool, though. It is sort of cool, uh, but it's it's just funny to see how misinformation spreads in this community. We've done it so much. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. (laughs) Yeah, I can't throw stones in this particular glass house because we both have said untrue things i've always been correct about everything yeah especially my opinions about the game of thrones episodes yes no well you wouldn't want to be incorrect about an opinion how embarrassing to have an especially on the internet oh boy especially about a fictional dragon show uh so so yeah so yeah there was a bunch of fan art on the wiki and elsewhere depicting Varamir with this lustrous shadow skin cloak, which he does not have in the books. It's like how Tyrion has blonde and black hair in the books. Anyway, that all right. Hold, that, that, hold on. Yes. Where in the book does it say that Varamir doesn't have um, a shadow skin cloak? You got me there. That's true. George has not made a definitive statement yeah. either way. We should go, we should ask. We George. should ask him. We should pester <laughs> him relentlessly about this one very small detail that's in. Completely inconsequential. We need to know about this barbarian's fashion choices. All right, that all right. That's that's the end of my rant. I think we should do fashion after food. I would love to give all of my opinions about every one of Sansa Stark's dresses. Good. So, what does Varimir do in the prologue of *The Dance of Dragons*? Oh, n- nothing good. Um, <laughs> uh, it's all about him invading. The minds of different things, isn't it? One of whom is a person, a human person. Mm, Thistle, the wildling woman. Yeah. So, Varamir is dead. It should be noted. <laughs> he, yes, he, he's dead by the end of his prologue chapter. And what happens to his soul? Well, he's sort of dead before the end of it. It depends on how you consider what happens. Yeah, because as he's dying of his wound, he attempts to take over Thistle mm. and he becomes this disembodied spirit connected to the magic of the old gods and he ends up in his wolf one eye yeah and it's and it's incredibly cool and incredibly subtle that later in the book we see that same wolf again uh and is a it's brand it's brand's die wolf summer who fights one eye and the other two wolves and like takes over the pack and he detects that there's a human consciousness inside one eye uh, and those dogs, that those wolves are fighting over the corpses of Olo Lophand and several other of the mutineers who killed Jior. Uh, but then they get killed by Cold Hands as ravens. So there's all these like interconnections between mm. all the different characters, none of which is explicitly explained. Yeah. But it's but, all, but it's all there. The surface. Yeah. Someone should make a video about that.
I don't see you putting up your hand. <laughs> I'm busy. So, so, but that does sound super interesting. That yeah, does sound super interesting. <laughs> All right. So, so Varamir, would you say he's a great guy or a not great guy? Oh, uh, look, he's a piece of shit. Mm. Don't get us to monetize, Glytus. Oh, we've been going for a little while. I think it's safe to say one of them. <laughs> Susan has stopped listening. The censors <laughs> have stopped listening at this point. Yeah, We're Susan's safe. a fake fan. She only tunes in for the intro. That's all she's here for. And she loves the super chat reads as well. She skips right to them. Oh, yeah. She's all about it because that's how she gets her 40%, right? Yeah. Uh, so- you Use the Streamlabs link, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, so so if you're giving a uh, donation to a live stream, you you can use the option of the super chat on the YouTube UI. Uh, but if you do that, a, a large percentage of it goes to YouTube, not us. But if you click on the link at the top of the description at streamlabs.com/glidus or whatever, you can donate directly, and 100% goes to us. And um, so that's a good option. I think saying that is more likely to get us demonetized than swearing the whole time. Yeah, I think I think some assassins from Palo yeah. Alto are about to swing in through the windows. Have you always had that red dot on your forehead? Uh-oh. Hey, you got a red dot on your head too. It's oh, like... that's always been there. Okay. I didn't know you were um, Hindu. Okay. So... What... There's a lot you don't know about. <laughs> um... Clearly. So... Varamir eats some people. He's very hungry As you do. in this prologue chapter. So, in the form of his wolf, when he's walking into his wolf, he eats some dead people. And that's our first food description of this food description stream. Sort of sets the tone, doesn't it? Yes. <clears throat> Underneath her furs, the female was just skin and bones, but her dugs were full of milk. The sweetest meat was on the pup. The wolf saved the choicest parts for his brother. All around the carcasses, the frozen snow turned pink and red as the pack filled its bellies. That's that's rough. Yeah. That's a description of a wolf eating people from the wolf's point of view. That's one hell of an old shift X impression you've got there, by the way. You think so? I don't think he sounds half that good. (laughs) Well, yeah, it was a really good impression. It's better... If you showed up to the Alt-Shift-X impressionist contest, you would get first place and he would get second. That would be the best way to show him off, wouldn't it? Yeah. If I could be a better Alt-Shift-X than Alt-Shift-X can. I'm sure you have it in you. So, yeah, that's um, that's one hell of a way to open the book in relation to food. Her dugs were full of milk. That's a great detail. Thanks for sharing, George. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's like a dehumanizing description because it's from an animal's perspective and to the animal, this isn't a person, mm. this is just meat. This is just another animal, this is just prey. And it does sort of communicate to us the idea that, you know, when a skin changer is inside their animal, they are part, they are animal. Yeah. They're not just them anymore. Yeah, yeah, when you embrace that, like, animalistic side. So, when John goes into yeah. ghost consciousness, what kind of an animal is he yeah, going to become? Yeah, all signs point to this being a very important detail. Yeah, there's a reason why George is planning to put John in ghost's consciousness and not just skip it like in the show. There's got to be an, a change that he undergoes. I expect that, like, in the show, it wasn't even hinted at. It was just, like, nothing happened. John was just dead and then he just came back. He was a bit sad when he came back, Glidus. He said he was tired. <laughs> he was sad before he <laughs> died. Uh, 
Uh, some real, real, real character development from Dan and Dave there, huh? So Varamir, uh, in his human body, uh, back in his human body, he had the experience through his wolf of eating those human corpses, but he didn't actually get any sustenance from it because that's not his body. Mm. Quote: Sort of the same thing as like chewing gum, but like you're not <laughs> swallowing it, so you don't get any sustenance. But your body thinks that you're eating. I feel. I feel. Magic it's wolf cannibalism is slightly eating. different no, to eating. Like I feel like there's see. some small difference. No, here's how it <laughs> here's how it feels it's to eat five gum. Right? Flesh flavored hubba bubba. <laughs> Do you think we should go into business selling flesh flavored hubba bubba? I uh, think there's a future in that. We need to write some a dark dystopian future. Maybe we need to do a pitch to uh, hubba bubba. To, let's hit up Wrigley's. Let's. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll, I'll talk to my Wrigley's yeah, I guy. I know that the whole, like, blueberry and strawberry and mint stuff has gone off really well for you guys, but have you considered the taste of human flesh? Look, in this market, you got to make big moves to get ahead, all right? Yeah. It's not enough to stick with the conventional <laughs> flavours. spend money to make money. you got to make Soylent to make the... Anyway, Jeremy yeah. is shivered. So remember, <laughs> remember the Grimace shake? Like that, the Grimace Shake was an example of like a big corporate brand embracing eldritch horror in yeah. their fast food marketing. So if McDonald's can lean into the horrific Grimace Shake videos, why can't Wrigley's lean into cannibalism gum? It all starts here. It's like a Soylent Green type thing, you know. Like, what are we? What else are we going to do with? Uh, okay, with corpses. Corpses. We've got to be. It's free real estate. It's free real estate. Okay, let's move on. So. Uh, so so we don't feel great about Varamir. I like how he saved um, the the best bits for his brother. Yeah, because that's another part of wolf life is um, that sort of pack mentality of I don't know exactly how true to reality that is, but it sounds true. So <laughs> yeah, it's funny that like wolves are one of those like really charismatic animals that a lot of people and a lot of human cultures like sort of idolize and give all of these positive um, attributes. Which I suppose makes sense because, you know, we eventually, like, domesticated them. Yeah, they like made the, them the first dogs, large so. domesticated animal, weren't they? Yeah, I think so. So, I guess it makes sense that we sort of project all of these human-like values onto them. Or maybe they're projecting wolf-like values onto us. Cats do do that. They make us cats. Yeah, I do lick my own butt more often since I got my cat, so that tracks. I thought that was just you being weird. No, I, I never used to do that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hmm. So, he is really hungry, Varamir. He's starving, he's wounded, his human belly is crying for nourishment, and he thinks a child's flesh, he thought, remembering his brother Bump, human meat. Had he sunk so low as to hunger after human meat? His mentor Hagon told him, Men may eat the flesh of beasts, and beasts the flesh of men, but the man who eats the flesh of man is an abomination. Mmm. That's a very powerful word in the series, abomination. And abomination is always tied to skin changing and the magic of the old gods, and it's connected to Bran when Bran... Well, I, I think it's sort of implied that we should think of it when Bran skin changes Hodor mm. against Hodor's will. 
And I think all of that connects to the idea of slavery, because, like, slavery and anti-slavery is one of the themes of the story, especially no with Daenerys's storyline, trying to free the slaves in Slaver's Bay. So, like, if power means enslaving other people, then maybe Bran's power is wrong. And what does it mean to control the dragons, you know? like mm, Who are supposedly also intelligent beings with their own minds, desires, dreams. Yeah. Is it right to control dragons? And like with the wolves, like, are the dragons influencing and controlling the Targaryens? A lot mm. of interesting stuff like that going on in Hot D, huh? Mm. My answer to that specific question is, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All of the above. Um, The word abomination, is it always... um? Skin changing stuff. I th- isn't there uh, incest is described yeah, incest. as an abomination. Doesn't Stannis call Cersei's kids abominations? Yeah, dead right. Hole in one. Yeah. Birdie albatross. Yes, yeah, slavery and incest are the terms most often yeah, like, most often associated. I wonder if there's a connection being drawn there as well. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's just all about, like, rules you should not cross lest yeah. you become less than human. And I think we're going to see a lot of a lot more abomination in um, The Winds of Winter and beyond. Here's hoping. <laughs> Today's forecast. <laughs> Lots of slavery and incest. Oh, boy. Take an umbrella. Hagon was weak, afraid of his own power. He died weeping and alone when I ripped his second life from him. Varamir had devoured his heart himself. He taught me much and more, and the last thing I learned from him was the taste of human flesh. Yeah, not a great guy. He ate his mentor. Varamir killed and ate his mentor through animal um, animals that he was skin-changing. Um... He had gorged on human flesh and lapped the blood of dying men as it gushed red and hot from torn throats. He had stalked foes through the woods, fallen on them as they slept, clawed their entrails from their bellies. How sweet their meat had tasted. So so what's the point of all this? I think the point of all this is that the conditions of war, the conditions of winter, the apocalyptic tide of magic and white walkers, because of what's going on, People in this world are being forced to extreme measures to survive, and it's empowering evil people like Euron and mm. um, the Boltons. And this is this is becoming a very harsh apocalyptic time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Stoneheart is part of this rise of magic evil. You know, I wonder if she does eat people. I don't think she does eat. Well, I don't think she needs to eat, but she yeah. could. Like Melisandre doesn't eat much. Mm. Melisandre doesn't have to eat, but she does eat to maintain the appearance of being a... A normal person. (laughs) So I reckon Stoneheart could eat if she wanted to. Yeah. Although that hole in her neck would make it difficult. Well, maybe she could eat through the hole in her neck. Oh, yeah, just stuff food right down her little neck pouch. Yeah, it'd be convenient, you know? Yeah, keep talking while you (laughs) stuff food down your... Mm. Interesting. Independent access to both your windpipe and your food hole <laughs> see th- we need to t- tell wrigley's about this as well yeah yeah this needs to be part of our pitch so, sort of a vertical mar- marketing integration mm, to get your, your food hole exposed so you can chew on your flesh flavor i'm gonna stop here. i'm so upset because <laughs> we've been going for like 20 minutes and we're not even through the first one yet. people use these live streams to sleep what kind uh, of dreams are they gonna have 
Sweet dreams. Oh gosh. Uh, we need to give a ranking to these to this food description. Oh, well, the meat apparently is rather sweet. He insists that it's sweet, but I'm not convinced. I'm not happy about it. I'm I'm calling it. Yep, that's an F. I don't want it. I don't want it. That's an F. Uh, that's our first food description today. Would you like to move on to the next yes. one? Yes. So we're Tyrion now. We're in Pentos. We've escaped King's Landing. We've killed our father. And uh, we've been shipped across the Narrow Sea to enjoy the grand adventure that we'll have on our way to um, dying inside. <laughs> That's an excellent summary. Oh, thanks. Full disclosure, it's been quite a while since I've read A Dance with Dragons. I was very hot depilled for a while there, and I need to brush up. So the context of all this might be lost on me, but here we go anyway. Ahem. That wasn't actually a throat clear. I still need to actually clean. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the rocking of the deck beneath his feet made, made his stomach heave, and the wretched food tasted even worse when wretched back up. But why did he need salt beef, hard cheese, and bread crawling with worms when he had wine to nourish him? It was red and sour, very strong. Sometimes he heaved the wine up too, but there was always more. Should we take that as its own food description? Yes. What do you think of um, uh, um, uh, vo- vo- vomited up wine? Well, when it's paired with wormy bread, mm-hmm. it's, uh, that really brings out the tannins, you know? <laughs> the worms really let the wine breathe. <laughs> uh, well, the worms provide some protein, don't they? That's, that's something. Oh, yeah? But, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't rate it. I don't rate it. I mean, mm. I mean, look, you would need some wine after all oh, of that yeah. awful wormy bread and hard cheese. and Well, the hard cheese might not be bad. Oh, it probably is, though. Yeah, it probably is. Uh, I don't know. I reckon an E is e. appropriate. I think back in the day, this would have been an F. But since we're dealing with cannibalism today, E. We need to add a puking Tyrion mm. clip to the soundboard, oh, yeah. actually. Is yeah. that not on there? No, not yet. Not yet. Okay. We'll deal with it later. Um, pressing on, he saw some mushrooms growing up from a cracked paving tile. Pale white they were, with speckles and red-ribbed undersides dark as blood. The dwarf snapped one off and sniffed it. Delicious, he thought, and deadly. How does he know it's delicious and deadly? Like, uh, hmm. Does it just smell delicious? Yeah, probably. Most of, most of the sensation of eating something is... Is is the scent? Mm. Taste is a much less deep sense in humans than smell, as far as I'm aware. I'm sure I'll correct myself in the comments. What if, so? What if, like, as a meal, you had like a delicious, fragrant dish sitting like right in front of you, but you actually ate a different like dish, like a bowl of rice. So it was a whole lot like more healthy, flavored. Yeah, but it was not as aromatic. Do you think you'd enjoy the flavorless, healthy food? more if there was a delicious aroma next to it probably right? that's an interesting idea i think probably that'd be a good study yeah grad students sit us up well we can wrigley sit us up (laughs) (laughs) if you have like a a mint flavored candle burning while you consume your human flesh gum (laughs) by the fistful With some with some wine puke to uh, yeah, yeah to wash it all down yeah 
Um, well, we well we have some a perfect, electrolytes. We, are, <laughs> we have a perfect opportunity to test this when you eat the winds of winter. Oh god! <laughs> yeah, just put a steak next to me while I'm eating a book. <laughs> That'll really uh, calm the whole experience for me. Sponsored by Wrigley's. <laughs> okay, uh, so the the death mushrooms are, of course, a, a, an important character issue throughout Tyrion's arc in A Dance with Dragons. Because Tyrion's arc in A Dance with Dragons is that at the start of the book, he's an angry, miserable monster who wants to die. And at the end of the book, he's an angry, miserable monster who does not want to die. Mm. That is his arc in book five for Tyrion. And the mushrooms are something he considers eating them to commit suicide early on. But Later in the book, he instead uses the mushrooms to poison and kill Nurse, his captor, when he's enslaved. So, he goes from wanting to kill himself to wanting to kill others, which, eh, morally... It's a, eh. it's a lateral move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, def- definite sideways move, I think. So, uh, so yeah, d- how would you rank this food description? Uh, uh, the delicious deadly mushrooms? I think they cancel each other out to a C. I think it's a D for both delicious and deadly. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. You saw the alliteration where I where I faltered. What's next? Um, they began with a broth of crab and monkfish and cold egg lime soup as well. Oh, my God. Then came quails in honey, a saddle of lamb, goose livers drowned in wine, buttered parsnips and suckling pig. The sight of it all made Tyrion queasy, but he forced himself to try a spoon of soup for the sake of politeness. And once he had tasted it, he was lost. The cooks might be old and fat, but they knew their business. He had never eaten so well, even at court. And then he sucked the meat off the bones of Mm. his quail. That sounds unbelievably good. That sounds fucking fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. George really, really gave us whiplash yeah, there. He had a one hell of a lunch that day. <laughs> <laughs> My God, George was inspired that day. <laughs> I, I find it funny the line that the cooks might be old and fat, but they knew their business. I feel like the best cooks are always going to be the old fat cooks. Don't trust a young skinny cook. Um, trust an old fat cook. I don't Surely. know if the correlation is that strong, but I, like the vibe is there for sure. I mean, certainly the age, at least. Yeah, like an older I'm cook is there. more likely to be experienced. Yeah. But monkfish. I've never eaten monkfish. I don't think I have either, but it sounds interesting at the least. Oh yeah, I'd give it a red hot go. And the cold egg lime soup. Cold egg lime soup. That, that sounds good. Yeah, I mean, egg and citrus. That's a good time. Hmm. It basically sounds like a gin fizz, but without the alcohol. <laughs> Fantastic. Buttered parsnips, suckling oh, buttered, pig. He had me at the buttered parsnips, honestly. Yeah. That's the thing that got me. <laughs> yeah. I think it's an S. Yeah. Let's hit it. So, so yeah. And I think this is a very deliberate sense of, like, whiplash that George is giving us. Because mm. Tyrion is going from his absolute rock He's bottom. puking wine up. After having considering eating deadly mushrooms. Murdering Shay and Tywin. Yeah. But now Illyrio is like, yeah. welcome back to the high life. Let's do politics. Let's take the throne. And Woo-hoo, it's like, what? Like, yeah. The throne? What the fuck? I, I want to I wanna go kill myself in a, terrib- in a disgusting swamp somewhere. 
and just like the luxury of it just makes Illyrio such a devil yeah. figure like such like a seductive like like it's like like what, what what's that fa- is it narnia or is it or del toro quest when like del the toro quest. i think del toro quest oh my god i mean i mean this is a trope in a lot of things but like the heroes go to a wizard's castle and there's this feast no it's it's in a tongue of ice and fire isn't it and there's a beautiful feast but if you eat from the beautiful feast it's like illusory and if you eat it you are trapped there forever and it's like this seductive trap where if you eat all the nice food you are doomed you mean like hansel and gretel <laughs> yeah I, I, it's a similar idea it yeah. sounds like that sort of thing has um, would have shown up in the Odyssey, even. Yeah. It just has that feeling to it. I'm not sure, though. Yeah, well, I think it's used in a lot of things because, like, you know, just, like, the the, the seductive quality of any kind of, like, sensory of temptation. Luxury. Yeah. Totally. And Illyrio is all about that. Mm. What's next, Glytus? Mushrooms, the Magister. And, oh, sorry, I should do my Illyrio voice. Mushrooms! <laughs> The Magister announced as the smell wafted up. Is Illyrio Ronald Reagan? Ronald Reagan? I was doing Boss Nass from The Phantom Menace. <laughs> you say tomato, I say tomato. Kiss me, garlic and Oh, are you thinking Nixon from Futurama? Nixon from Futurama, yeah. <laughs> I get my president's confused. Um, kissed with garlic and bathed in butter. I'm told the taste is exquisite. Have one, my friend. Have two. Tyrion had a fat black mushroom halfway to his mouth, but something in Illyrio's voice made him stop abruptly. After you, my lord. He pushed the dish towards his host. So Tyrion is suspecting that Illyrio is trying to poison him to death. But if Illyrio wanted Tyrion dead, he would be dead already. Yeah, but I don't know why he'd be at the court enjoying some honeyed quails and goose livers drowned in wine. But I think why this is important is that it's giving Tyrion the choice of, like, facing Tyrion with death. And he's like, you know, do I want this? Mm. Will I eat the poison mushrooms? Like, it just sort of brings it brings it to the fore. Like, he was considering it, but now that he's thinking, oh, this thing might actually kill me, he's, uh, he's not doing it. Mm. And then the serving men brought out a heron stuffed with figs, veal cutlets blanched with almond milk, creamed herring, candied onions, foul-smelling cheeses, plates of snails and sweetbreads, and a black swan in her plumage. Whoa. I think that, like, George is deliberately choosing food that is yummy, but also a bit, like, stomach-churning, like... All of the foul-smelling cheeses and the plates of snails and... And people have reactions to veal as a concept. And creamed herring. Mm. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's kind of... Like, hang on a moment. (laughs) It's a bit sickening. Snails are like that for a lot of people, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's like, Illyrio's temptation is is tempting, but it's also... There's something rotten about Mm. it. I don't know about surfing the swan in its plumage. Yeah. That seems kind of like a crime right yeah a swan is a beautiful animal and here you are well lots of these are beautiful animals that we eat readily yeah i mean it's not fair our standards about which animals we feel sorry but for, i agree but... that black swans are just gorgeous animals yeah and i don't think i would be able to eat one if it was still dressed in its in its beautiful feathers i i thought black swans were a uniquely australian animal i believe they are so, did Illyrio import this black swan from Ulthos? Hey, Gowan, 
Uh, yeah, we've got a couple of black swans, but uh, what do you got for us? Leo's just like on the phone ordering like an <laughs> Uber Eats. Like, I'd, I'd like five. Yeah, on the glass candle ordering <laughs> black swans off Grubhub. <laughs> Some DoorDash guy gets on the Celisori Quran and <laughs> brings it to his manse. Uh, how would we rate this food description? The heron with the figs, the veal. I, for me, that's maybe a B rather than... Yeah. Because none of them really stand out to me as super appealing. Like, so it's probably good, but it doesn't strike I mean, me as super appealing. Mushrooms with garlic and butter is this already... Oh, hang on, that was a previous one. Is this part of the same thing we're saying? Well, we didn't rank I, I, that I'm one. sort of thinking this section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, look, it wouldn't be the greatest meal of my life. Yeah. I'd, I'd and just... all of the, like, off stuff about it. Yeah, let's, I'm happy with B. Yeah, sure. Uh, and then uh, Illyrio laughs and Tyrion feels he might be about to drown in a gout of half-digested eels and sweetmeats because it seems like Illyrio might explode. <laughs> Like that scene in um, Monty Python and the Meaning of Life. I haven't seen that in ages. Oh, really? So, yeah, George is definitely, like, really just alternate. It's like a one-two punch yeah. of, like, delicious food, <laughs> disgusting imagery. Delicious, yeah. disgusting. Yeah, don't don't eat lunch and read this chapter. Yeah, I hope no one's eating right now. Or has just eaten, or is thinking about food, or will be eating the next day. So the gout of half digested eels and sweetmeats, I mean that's that's a pretty easy F or E. Mm. E because of all the human flesh going on today, I think. E for eels. Like we just have to reserve F. Yeah, I, I for wish flesh. I wish a gout of half digested eels was the yeah. floor, the bottom of what is possible, but no. Unfortunate. No, no. George keeps digging. Oh, but Illyrio smiled as his serving men spooned out bowls of black cherries in sweet cream for them both. I mean, that's just, that's great. That's A. That's fantastic. That's an A. So, yeah, George is, George is giving us Tyrion's experience of, like, I'm tr- sincerely not sure if I want to die or yeah. live <laughs> with all of this crazy <laughs> stuff that's flying at me. Uh, our next chapter is a Daenerys' first chapter in Book 5. She nibbled while she listened, and sipped from a cup of watered wine. The figs were fine, the olives even finer, but the wine left a tart, metallic aftertaste in her mouth. The small, pale yellow grapes native to these regions produced a notably inferior vintage. Wow, Daenerys with the wine judgment. (laughs) Yeah, right? So, uh... I love that. The figs were alright. The olives were even more alright. I mean, I, I think what's going on here is that she's discontent yeah. with this place. And like, it's fine, I guess. The olives are all right. But the, <laughs> but the grapes of these regions yeah. are just inherently just not good. And that also connects with, like, all the olive trees that have been burned and not having enough food and all those issues that happen throughout her arc. Sort of foreshadowed a bit here. How do you feel about the olives and figs and inferior wine? I mean, they're fine. They're fine. See? Yeah. <laughs> Should we answer some donations? What do you think? Uh, yeah, probably probably do a quick fire donations round. 
All right. Donation time. Once he hits Twitch, <laughs> you've gone too far. <laughs> Dug too deep and unleashed the purple Balrog. <laughs> That's what I call my... P- okay, so Ty Farnsworth <laughs> says, which dragon is the tastiest? Ah. Oh. Which one has the most, like, varied diet, do you reckon? Sheepstealer? Yeah, probably Sheepstealer. Sheepstealer would taste like mutton, yeah. Mm. Yes. Alton says, first stream I've caught live. Loving it. Who is your favourite minor king or... Oh, sorry, minor knight or man-at-arms in the series? Flement Brax! Flement Brax, let's go. Unicorn gang unite. Angel says, you mentioned Memory, Sorrow, and Thorn offhand in a stream a while back, and I decided to check it out. I am now five books deep in the saga and loving it. Thanks, and hope your stream goes lovely. Well, that's fantastic that we've inspired engagement in other art by talking about whatever it is we're talking about. I haven't read Memory, Sorrow, and Thorn. I haven't read Memory, Sorrow, and Thorn either. I've I've heard that George uh, ripped it off quite a lot, so I'm sure it's... You should probably read it. Probably should. Next time we've got time to read five books. Oh my god. (laughs) We will do that. Uh, Drip Season says, Love the content, y'all. Honest question as book scholars. Who's who's the book scholar? Are they behind? Are they in the room with us right now? (laughs) Do John and Danny meet in the winds of winter? Romantically, platonically, as allies, purely? Fix for your vids. What do you think? Will John and Daenerys meet in Tawau? In The House of the Undying, Daenerys has a vision of a blue flower growing from a chink in a wall of ice. And the blue flower must represent Jon, because he's the son of Lyanna, who loved blue flowers. And the wall of ice is the wall. So, the sweetness could be their love. So, I I do tend to think that Jon and Danny will get together. Um, They have a lot of reasons to... They have a lot in common. They're both young leaders who want to protect Mm. people, and they've both suffered and been transformed by magic. They're both touched by destiny and prophecy. And Daenerys tends to like tough guy warriors, bad boys with great hair. And (laughs) And colourful beards. And I think Jon might have even better hair after his resurrection and mm-hmm. might be more of a wolfish bad guy. And Jon tends to be attracted to capable, confident women like Ygritte, like Val. And I think Daenerys also fits that pattern. So I think there's a lot of reasons to think that they will mm. be a couple as well as allies. But uh, I think that their relationship may end in tragedy. No way. But to address this, the question directly, mm. do you think they'll meet in The Winds of Winter? Will it happen in the sequel to the story we're talking about at the moment? I think no. I think that... It'll be reserved for later in the story? Yes. I think that Daenerys is going to spend a fair bit of time crossing Essos, stopping in Volantis mm. and in Pentos and maybe even in Bravos. And when she arrives, she'll arrive in, like, Dragonstone. I don't think she'll be, like, flying to Winterfell right anytime soon. Uh, and John, I think, will be busy with conflicts around Winterfell. He'll be busy being dead for a He'll bit. He'll be dead for a while. He'll be a dog for a while. He might even go to Hardhome. He might even hook up with Brano. He might have issues with Rickon. So, I tend to think John and Danny will meet in A Dream of Spring, not The Winds of Winter. But, I mean, this is all predicated on the structure of two books that have not <laughs> come out and it. may never come out. So, <laughs> no, it's <no>. kind of... <laughs> we were doing so well. <laughs> I've broken some hearts. Uh, it's like it's like, it's like like the Wikipedia game. Like, how long can you talk about A Song of Ice and Fire without saying something depressing about <laughs> the publication of the next books? 
Uh, I tend to agree with what was just said, by the way, if anyone cares what I think. Um, Mira reads, hi, says, stoked to see you guys streaming but can't stay too long. Gotta eat my stew before the film of grease congeals on the surface. You also should eat it before we get too deep into the human flesh consumption. I, Mira might enjoy their meal more if they're listening to us talk about human flesh while they eat the stew. Because as we were saying, the it's all about the aromas. Mm, and the, that's true. You know, you got We got to test these things. Yeah. John Braxton, thank 50, you. Fifty, but holy moly! My goodness. Thank you. Very generous. Says hello, Clement y'all. Braxton. What would be your last meal? Thank you for the new music, Gliders. I released, and I, I released an EP the other day, by the way, everyone. Hi, it's on this channel. Anyway. <laughs> if you both ever have the displeasure to be in Nashville, drinks are on me. Gliders will remember this. Last meal. Last meal. Oh, I mean, can I say Vladimir Putin? <laughs> you want to eat Vladimir Putin? If I'm going to die, I might Hang as well on. take him out with me. What if you die several decades after Vladimir Putin is dead? Does the offer still stand? Oh, that, gonna... No, well, that would sort of take the point out of it. Mm. If already <laughs> At dead. that point, you're just eating a Russian corpse. It would just be just be dirt, wouldn't it? Mm. Uh, yeah, no. Um, well, maybe I'll, I'll just have pancakes. Really? Pancakes? Zinger box. I, I think I saw I, I think I saw a joke online that was like I would simply eat the electric chair that they want to use on Aha, me. Aha! Outsmarted. Know? Got him. That's as someone who's committed to eating a book. Mm. That's really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot throw stones, my dude. Thank you, Altan Curran. It's who- the same person with the same question. Yeah, we said Flemeth Brax. Mm. Have we got another favorite knight or man at arms? Um. Harwin Stout, Barbary Dustin's one-armed, wow, one-armed dude who might be involved in the Great Northern Conspiracy. That's my choice. Utter shit. Utter shit. Yeah. From it, the, from the veil. Sir Utter shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's a good guy. Thank no, you. Probably not. <laughs> thank you, Rosalie. Thank you, Burnt Orphan. Oh. Oh no. Alt Dad X and Glymumbo. Why'd you leave me in King's Landing when Danny did her dragoning? There was plenty of room in the carriage. You didn't need all those greasy chins and time-travelling fetuses. If we ran out of greasy chins and time-travelling fetuses, we, we, we could have starved before we got to Winterfell. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, Burnt Orphan, but I mean, <laughs> when we named you Burnt Orphan, it was because of a prophecy. <laughs> Although, if you're going to be an orphan, that means that we're going to die, so... Yeah, so, I, like, know. are you missing out on much? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's hard times for us all. Franciscan Druid says, Falling asleep to you gentlemen's soothing voices. I have a paper due, not done, but now I know everything's going to be A-OK. We may have misled this Druid. (laughs) What's the paper on? Should we write Franciscan Druid's paper? And is there like a karmic punishment for misleading a Druid? Have we committed (laughs) some sort of ancient sin? If I see a black cat tomorrow, I'm going to turn tail and run. If I see a black cat tomorrow, I'll. He's it's my cat, so I'll pet him. Hmm. Kelly Johnson says, "Will the John Danny romance be fire or flop?" In the show, it totally flopped. It sure did, Kelly. Um, I think that should George ever get to it, his understanding of the characters that he made will enable them to relate to each other in ways that they never did in the show. 
Yeah, a lot of people weren't convinced by the John Danny romance, which happened very sort of suddenly, and then became troubled very suddenly. And but but I think also it was an issue of performances, honestly. Like, you know, Kit Harrington and Rose Leslie—they had such chemistry. They, they were was, amazing. They were, they were perfect together. They were obviously having an enormous amount of fun together, and indeed they are now married. Whereas Kit Harrington and Amelia Clark just never quite convincingly mm. seemed like they were into each other so much which is like you know that's that's not the fault of the showrunners i don't think i mean good writing would help <laughs> but there's multiple parts to this machine i suppose it's sort of the hayden christensen question like if that script had been good would we still be making fun of what happened in attack of the clones yeah you know I, I think that it will be a big challenge for George to write a convincing romance between John and Danny in the short time he's allotted because w- they are both POV characters. So, like, we've got to see it from both their perspectives simultaneously while both those characters are also running about doing a whole lot of very... Saving the world and such. Yeah, it won't be easy to do, but... What? I thought that writing these books would be a walk in the park. Oh, Yeah. Piece of piss. George is just lazy. <laughs> He's old and he doesn't care anymore. I, I, I always love those takes online where people are like, yeah, George just doesn't care. About his magnum opus that's been occupying his head for 30 years. If George didn't care, he would have finished the series 10 years ago. Yeah. That's the thing. And he would have made so much money. <laughs> Not caring is how you make stuff quicker often. When people when people make from when people are too slow to finish their stuff, it's usually because they care too much. I mean, you know, I, I mean, there is another side of that coin. Like, you know, I I didn't finish a lot of homework. That wasn't because I cared about my homework. Like, <laughs> so it can go both ways, I suppose. But you know, George cares, and that's half the problem. I think it's a problem that he cares. He cares too much, and in the wrong ways. I I think. I mean, look, I, I haven't met the guy, but you know, I I think that it's possible to have a counterproductive attitude to creative work no way i know i know it's a hot crazy i know (laughs) get out of town (laughs) are you gonna tell us anything about your uh album that you dropped the other day glotus uh it's only 15 minutes long so you know you've got 15 minutes spare don't you it's um what five songs what would you call it It's, it's like it's an ep isn't it yeah it is um of what like sort of Folk, sort of indie, singer-songwriter, acoustic... There's a ukulele in there, so I think it qualifies as indie. That's true. And there's a shit-hot sax solo, as Ooh, the yeah. kids are saying. <laughs> oh, yeah. What is the title of this It's release? called Songs Before the Fall, and I released it under the name The Beggar King because I have a problem about <laughs> Harry Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> can, we, can, we, can we please, like, like find an occasion... Where you can meet Harry Lloyd. Like, he must be at a convention oh, or I never something. Want, I never want to do that. That's well, a terrible idea. What if he's a big fan? That's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, everyone go and check out Gladys' new album well, on his now. main channel. Stannis McNuff says, New theory. All your bastards are the same. Not even time traveling. Bastard. Hashtag Omni Bastard. It's just the one guy doing all of these super chats. Nah, you're, you're full of it. I'd have to be a very busy bastard with a lot with of sock lot of, puppets. And, and um, expendable income. <laughs> Thank you, Kelly Johnson, who says, how will John ignite Dawn in the books? I don't know why we're being asked all these Jon Snow questions. I can't imagine why. Yeah. 
Um, Have either of us committed to doing any large projects about Jon Snow in the near to near future? I sure haven't, but I have noticed that that Alt-Shift-X rapscallion uh, claims to be working on a Jon Snow video. Oh, he's been saying that for years. He's, he's been saying that for years. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that... If it's not out by the end of February, you have my right to dangle me over that acid lake in New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> right next to George. <laughs> I, I think that... Um, I have a few thoughts on this, and th- I'm actually not going to say th- the one that I think that it might be, but uh, there's a few options. The simplest option, well, the simplest option is that... You're gatekeeping us from your ideas, are you? Well, I, old Shift X is going to be furious with me if I give away what he's put. I hacked his <laughs> computer. Look, it's a long story. The simplest option is that John gets Longclaw and he cuts himself and puts his blood on Longclaw like Beric lights his sword and he'll just like light Longclaw on fire. I think that's the simplest option. I mean, another option, of course, is that Dawn is that Lightbringer is just a. I mean, you're asking about Dawn, so yeah, that's the other thing. It, like uh, Gerald Dane will steal Dawn from the Danes, and then. Uh, Gerald will be killed in Old Town or whatever, and uh, somehow the sword will get from there to John. I think it's possible that Euron's Valyrian steel armor might, along with Dawn, get to John because yeah. John dreams of wearing black ice armor. That has to have been introduced into the story for a reason. I mean, the reason might be to make Euron fully sick, bro. Yeah, that that is true. George does like his fully sick characters, and to indicate that Euron might really have been to Valyria. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like, like, yeah, just with his blood is one easy way for John to ignite Dawn to make it Lightbringer. I think another way is to stab Daenerys. Yeah, that's, um, supposedly how Lightbringer came to be in the original myth, so. Yeah. So there's a few options, um, and perhaps there are other ideas out there that you might, might be discussed elsewhere. I hate, I, I hate being cryptic. <laughs> What do, what do you think? I love being cryptic. It's so much fun. Oh, it is pretty fun. What do I think? I think you covered basically all the bases there. Um, how else would you ignite a sword? Well, you could do it the fake way and like just douse it in wildfire and get a... A Thoros of Mere Yeah, get a lighter out. It'd be funny if Thoros like burned the real dawn, like this ancient like 8,000 year old yeah, relic like, of crumbles the... like newspaper when you <laughs> try to light it. Oh yeah, it's paper mache. Yeah. Lady of the Tide says, Would you rather get T-Wow in its form right now, let's say 75% done, but you can't speak of it or make content about it until a year after its official release, or watch all of Game of Thrones with Gurm and be able to make con- content of his honest opinions? Easily the second one. Yeah. The second one sounds more fun. Although I don't really want to subject him to that. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't know if George wants to shit. Like, I feel like... I feel like... I don't know if he wants to watch Game of Thrones. I'm not, I'm not convinced that he has. <laughs> I, do, I do not want to be sitting next to George R.R. Martin when Danny forgets about the Iron Fleet, mm. you know? Like... I, I don't want to be the shoulder to cry on. I don't want it. Yeah, I, I I don't know if that would be a pleasant experience for anyone involved. And I mean, yeah, I I mean, the idea of, like, having some time with the Winds of Winter is interesting. I mean, it would probably take us a year, at least a yeah. year to really sort of get our heads around it. Yeah. It would be nice to have access to material to review it before it became available to the public, HBO. 
Yeah, sometimes people assume that YouTubers are getting early access to stuff so that they can make videos. We wish that were true. We wish that were true. I think the only case I know of that is David Lightbringer being invited to the Hot D premiere. Yeah. I guess our invites got lost in the mail. But I'm happy that David got to go. (laughs) He seems like he had a great time. Yeah, that's good. Thank you, McMingus, who says, Hi, Schnitzel and Gimbledorf. That's a good one. Thank God you mentioned about donating through Streamlabs via the link in the description below, so I can donate directly to you. Donating through Streamlabs via the link in the description below is a fast and easy way to do- <laughs> It sure is, McMingus. Gladys, did you know that it's better to donate through Streamlabs via the link in the description below? I didn't know that, Mr. Swift. Why is it better? Well, it's better to donate through Streamlabs via the link in the description below, because then YouTube doesn't take a large cut out of the amount of money, and you still get your donation read on stream. Wow, that means that it's better. Thank you, Mr. Ballsworth. Dearest Glimbonius, at 45 seconds in to Neck and Wrist by Pusha T, he says, I'm the Night King. Pusha T equals Night King equals Raider? Rhaegar? Thoughts? I'm gonna have to look into this for maybe a video in... Around two months' time. Which rapper is most likely to be Rhaegar Targaryen? Um. <laughs> hmm. I've got, I've, I've got thoughts, but they're all offensive. It's Tupac because he he's like he's the main character, but he died a long time ago. Hmm. And everyone's just still trying to evoke yeah. his legacy for yeah. for better or for worse. And it's questionable whether he was as good of a person as some people seem to think that he is. Yeah, no, I like that. Thank you, Alt Swift Rivers, who says, You know there's a famine going on in King's Landing, right? This was a very insensitive choice of topic. Well, just like Varamir, you might not get to eat the food, but you get the sensory experience mm. of it, which is almost as good. It's really not. It's better than eating people. That's a horrible slogan. <laughs> <laughs> Wrigley's. <laughs> Better than eating people. (laughs) Jess the Mess says, love your stuff. There's a video called Tywin Lannister Takes You to the Coffee Shop. Think you might like it. Mm -hmm. I think that sounds like I might like that also. Yeah, we'll try and remember to watch that. You've got a Lord Bastard. Oh. Lord Altschwift Flowers says- Altschwift is moving up in the world. Greetings, my Lord Father. Forgive, Forgive my lack of communication these last months. The fighting has been fierce. Well- Alt Swift Flowers, I commend you for your success in attaining lordship and wish you the best for your future fighting. Yep. And I apologize for not accepting your friend request on Facebook. Oh. He also says, update, most venerable father. Most of the veil is in hand parts home and strong song still hold out. Oh, there's supposed to be a period there. And with them, the north of the veil. Fighting grows rough. The Eerie's first two-way castles fell. Well, you didn't really need those castles, did you? You just yeah, need no. the eerie. Yeah. As Which long as you is can, impregnable. As long as you can get some black swans delivered by Grubhub to the eerie, I think you'll be all right. They do drone delivery from Ulthos now, so I think you'll be fine. Did you know that impregnable and pregnant are completely unrelated words? They sound related. They really do, don't they? They don't even have the same root? No. Pun intended. Uh, oh, that one won't scan. No? That's a localization. That's, ah. a, that's, a, that's a local slang. All right. Shout out to yeah. our Antipodeans in the audience. Cass C says, For Wallace and Wooble Mandalay. Now that's a war cry. Uh, he's back again. A force of Northmen led by the heir to Winterfell, Theon Stark, was cited. Do we have to? Can we just move on? 
Thanks for the money. <laughs> um, Glyftus Pike says, My present downward spiral has prevented me from gaining rest this evening. Thusly, here we are. Good evening, Father and Auntie Schwilmer. Save me. Uh, 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 thoughts and press. Thoughts and press. <laughs> Zoe Smish says, We need a Glidus and, and Swift food description oh, song. Yeah, we should make an intro song for these streams. We're just going to talk about some shit. Yum, yum. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, who says, Theon is here. They broke our siege. Lord Milron Drox leads his men. Can someone please send me like a wiki article to this yeah. law so that we can make an assessment of the battle plans? update the old wiki. Thank you. Thank you, Curry Butts. Uh, thank you, Justy. Thank you to Mai, who says, For George Bemone's bigoted ideas like eugenics, why does he write so much of it? Stogs, talks, etc. Uh, well, I think that George talks about, like, eugenic uh, interbreeding stuff in Gorgossos as a way to illustrate the evil of the Valyrian Empire. Like, I think he's making a comparison to the, like, Nazi sort of stuff with Valyria sometimes. So, I, I think he tends to associate eugenics with evil. Um, crazy, controversial position. I don't know. What, what... I think he writes about, well, how are you going to illustrate the evils of it without writing about it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is like like some people see the evil characters and events in the story and go, "These books are evil," or George is an evil author. But it's like it, it's about resistance and opposition to the evil. Mm. No. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the other like eugenic parts that Tamai is referring to. I mean, like there's all the stuff about the bloodlines and the prophetic bloodlines, yeah. and you know, the ghost of High Heart says that Eris should marry his sister, like the incest stuff. And the incest stuff is also associated with evil. So, I mean, I don't think George is pro eugenics. I think a good way of like demonstrating to an otherwise unwitting reader that ideas like this are bad is by having them, you know, we follow the Starks, the Starks are the heroes of the story, and then like. If this idea of, you know, skin changing through bloodlines and selective breeding to foster those uh, abilities is made apparent to the reader, then it, it, it pulls the rug out. It makes you realize that an idea you thought was fine isn't. <laughs> yeah. Syrian says, what's your opinion the biggest boss line dropped in A Song of Ice and Fire yet? My personal favorite is Stannis. Law should be made out of iron, not out of porridge. The biggest boss line? Um, I think the biggest boss line is Wyman Mandley when he says, well, perhaps it's good uh, that he died because Elsie would have been a fray. Or what is it? Like, he would have been born a fray. Mm. Like, it's just Small this clarification. He says mayhaps, which mayhaps. is really funny. Yeah, because it evokes the phrase yeah. breaking of guest right. Yeah. And yeah, there's a lot of like just straight up disrespect, but also subtle disrespect in Wyman's line there. Yeah. He is a he is a big boss there. He sure is. I would have to say Oh, maybe it's not a boss line, but I, I always think about Ned saying that uh, the only time a man can be brave is when he's afraid. Yeah. Waymar Royce when he's fa facing the White Walkers. Dance with me then. There's a funny bit in a John chapter where John thinks dance with me anon or something. And it sort of evokes Waymar, mm. even though he doesn't know about Waymar. But it also evokes dancing with Alice Karstark when they were kids. 
There's also funny little echoes. Yeah, George thinks a lot about this. He cares too much. He ca- he's lazy. He ca- he's lazy. Thank you, Kevin Bacon. Authos equals Australia. Thank you, thank you, Caraxes. Uh, thank thank you-, you for the content in Dragon. What's that? Can he you- says it in Dragon. <laughs> Caraxes has some gorgeous squeaking sounds in Hot Day. Jared says... Hi, Schweiman and Gleifunkel. Been reading Asswife to my partner with voices and all. When we're done, can't wait to intro her to these pods. You guys, you guys are great. You guys are great. Thank you, uh, Beta Patch, who says, Theory, there is no Horn of Winter. It was always a dick joke. When Daenerys dreams of that ice-cold phallus yeah, yeah, in the book ice, five, the with the ice is that the Horn of Winter? Hmm. Time for a two-hour theory live stream. After John's resurrection, do you think he'll refer to his phallus as a horn of winter? No, but Tormund will. Hmm. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. You see, like, game, the later Game of Thrones seasons had really lowbrow dick jokes. George has dick jokes that are just slightly more yeah, highbrow. they're like interdimensional dick jokes. <laughs> Von Tark said, missed the last live stream because I went to a local production of Monty Python's Spam a lot. It was very silly and enjoyable. Ni. We now say Eki Eki Fatang Boing. Uh, Oshif Brightsplain. Bright Flame wants his existence explained. Some things are unexplainable. Um, Leave that to the wiki writers. I think I think we can't read all of the RP super chats. I, we I, thank I you. I really don't have time. <laughs> we th- yeah, I think yeah, Gladys is going to have to. I run. have to leave in like five minutes. <laughs> uh, thank you, Florence, who says love both your channels. We got through four food descriptions. Yes. Oh, did we? Oh my god. We'll, we'll have to put the chapters thing. Oh, to they were show. rather large, weren't they? They were rather large. Uh, Florida is America's closest analog to the neck in Westeros. That scans, I suppose. Hope you don't get eaten by a lizard lion. Shane says, just started listening to Wheel of Time on Audible using that scum Alt-Shift-X's code. It's very good. Feeling my fantasy fix. Would you consider reading or doing vids on it in the future? The Wheel of Time. People have been telling me to read the Wheel of Time for years, and I consider it, and then I remind myself that the Wheel of Time is like 15 books long. Mm. And they're not short books as far as I'm aware. And everyone who's read The Wheel of Time has told me, yeah, it's a really great series. Like, except for book books 5 to 8 and <laughs> book 10 and most of book 12. But apart from that, it's a really great But you book. need to read them all to understand them all. Yeah. And, and like, you know, I, I think there's already some really good Wheel of Time YouTubers out there. So you don't need us to do that. We have too many other things to read already. Yeah, we've got to read Memory, Sorrow and Thorn. Yeah. And gotta read everything else George R. R. Martin has ever written. And we gotta watch Going to the Cafe with Tywin Lannister. Yeah. Wampini Fusini says People make countless tinfoil theories, but shockingly, the Melisandre's finger bones line is often overlooked. Thoughts? I bless the reins in Castamere. So the context of the Melisandre thing is that she's talking about glamours, right? She's talking about how Mance Raider has a magical glamour to disguise him as Rattleshirt and his, like, suit of bones is part of that glamour, right? And, like, she also makes some comment about how finger bones, a pouch of finger bones would also be a good uh, basis for a glamour. And so I think for that reason, some people have theories that, mm. like, oh, well, you know, someone must be glamoured as Davos, uh, which is fine and good as a theory, but, I mean... He's a POV character. Yeah, I think we'd notice if Davos was actually someone else. If we encountered Davos elsewhere in the story, unexplained... Like how um, 
Brienne appears in front of Jamie in A Dance with Dragons. If that sort of thing happens with Davos, then we can start talking. <laughs> yeah, if Davos appears in someone else's chapter and he's acting a bit weird, then yeah, I think it would be reasonable to speculate that he might be a fake. But we'd also have to ask, okay, like, how has Melisandre got her hands on Davos's finger bones? Because he's currently off Skargos way. So, you know, I mean, I guess he will come back to Winterfell probably and Melisandre will as well. So, yeah, I mean, they could intersect. They could be a fake Davos at some point. But, you know, it could just be a throwaway line. Like, I think the point... Yeah, it's Melisandre explaining how glamours work and sort of making a little threat. Yeah. And it's funny that it's bones as well. Do you think that someone could make a Ned Stark glamour out of Ned Stark's bones? That wouldn't be very believable, though, would it? It'd be like a skeleton version of <laughs> Ned Stark. Where do you, do you think Ned's bones are on the way to Slaver's Bay? That would be funny. I, like, I, I sort of think they are. UPS just messed up and they got <laughs> ended up in the, what, what if they open up the cask that contains Aemon Targaryen and find <laughs> Ned Stark's Ned. bones? <laughs> and then at Winterfell, they get a barrel full of Aemon. Hmm. Tastes R- like human flesh. Rum. Hmm. New from Wrigley's. <laughs> <laughs> Rum and human flesh. Uh, Forever Blue says Brand's POV has been ruined by the TV show. Every TV viewer hates his character now. Sad that he's my favourite POV as his is a window into the northern politics as and the stark magical lore. Also, he has a horror element too. Yeah. I mean, I mean Bran, especially in the books, is kind of meant to be the charismatic, fun, likeable, adorable Stark. But the show just didn't really lean... I mean, he was, like, kind of fun and nice and cute in, like, season one and two, mm. maybe. But, but yeah, they just decided to make him the totally unrelatable character in the later seasons, which sucks. I, I mean, I, I guess part of the tragedy is that, like, he has been transformed by magic into someone who isn't relatable. And that is a commentary on the nature of power, how it's dehumanizing. And, like, that, that could have worked if they did it in the show but they kind of didn't so it's like you know didn't really land yep but i think the whole point of like like brand being king is because brand is a compassionate nice optimistic person idealistic so it's like what's the point of making him king if you don't preserve some of that mm. optimism inexplicably ditch his entire personality in the brief moment between season six episode 10 and season seven episode one yeah, having someone's personality deleted is not character development. That's character deletion. <laughs> um, power round. Pa- lightning round, shall we? All right. Uh, thank you, Alt Shrift Mud. Um, any aspects of time well, skip? I agree with Mud that a grown-up Ned Dane and Arya would have been cool. Because... I think that the time skip would have been good overall, but the legitimate issues were enough to hold And I think George that back. thing about like Ned was meant to grow up into a Dane swordsman, but then the five-year gap was skipped, so then Gerald Dane became the replacement Dane swordsman. I think like, yeah. stuff like that happened. Hey, Shylex and Glenor says a name I'm not even going to attempt. Sorry. I scour every podcast from both of you to see if either of you slipped your real name. Blink twice if I'm right. We blinked a bunch of times. Yeah, so many times. Inside Jokes Are Lame says, Hey, Swifty, just wondering if you would ever do a live stream with Preston Jacobs. It would be really interesting to hear you both exchange views. That would be fun. We should do that sometime. I'd love to watch through Preston's older videos. Maybe even with him. That sounds like fun. I would actually love to watch Preston just watch in- his own older videos. I feel like that would, that, that would be like watching season seven with George. Yeah. <laughs> Um, 
And Andre Montoya says, I am the eldest boy. Viserys probably. <laughs> Wealth Wolf says, Wealth Wolf must be wealthy because Wealth Wolf has super chatted us multiple times over Thank the years. Thank you very Thank much. you for your generosity. Hi, Dr. Al Schwift and Mr. Glit Taurus. If you are looking for Ew. stream ideas, how about a Winds of Winter death pool? Seems like a lot of our faves will be dead by the end of the book. Shall we speculate, laugh and maybe cry prematurely? Uh, yeah, that would be fun. I think a yeah, lot of folks are going to die for sure. Add it to the list. We are not looking for stream ideas, by the way. Melt it down. <laughs> yeah, we have a very large document of stream uh, ideas. Cozy Hirato uh, says, Do you think any of the books would have a distinct flavor? Keen to know what spices go and put in the pages of Wind's Taste. Hopefully paprika. Unfortunately, George does not decide what spices go into the pages of books. That's more of a publication thing. Flemin Got it. <laughs> Book one would be warm and wholesome flavors. Book two would be spicy exotic flavors. Book three would be bloody and intense flavors. And book four would not taste good at all. And book five would taste like human flesh. And book five would taste like snow. Thank you, Flement Brax, who says, Greetings, sly- slyness and shaft my eggs. <laughs> <laughs> if you could attend a feast at any noble house of your choice, which would you pick? Um, Honestly, Hightower, because they're rich and they, they're a trading port, so they would have like food from all yeah, over the world. all sorts of exotic things. That sounds good, yeah. Esteban Palomo says, Happy to catch a stream. What's your favorite food description so far? Ugh. I, I can't remember which specific one. Like, some of the feasts with the honeyed piglets and stuff. Yeah, you've seen the ones that were rest here. The Side of Stars says, thanks for the hours of laughs. So excited to give the new EP a listen tomorrow. Oh, awesome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Cozy Hiratos reminds us to donate through the Streamlabs link. Bobby B is the notorious B.I.G. Thank you, Marcella Deliveria, who says, I think about the name Belandra. Fucking <laughs> Belandra. <laughs> Thank you, Wealth Wolf, who avoids the Susan Tide. I, I think we're going to wrap you. up this live stream shortly. We're just blasting through these last uh, yeah. donations. Yeah, sorry, you, I do have to leave. Yeah. Uh, Lord Altshift says, the treachery of Gladys knows no limits. The war goes on in perpetuity. Anton says, first time catching a live after watching for three years. Love you guys. Do you think we'll ever get a song of a song of spring? Uh, I think you mean a dream of spring, the last book. I think we will probably not get a final a song of ice and fire concluding book from George R. R. Martin, but I really hope we do. I don't find much value in speculating on it, so yeah, it's kind of morbid to speculate about. Thanks for the donation from Shizzlebricks, who says, Do you find it off-putting when people in the fandom genuinely seem to think characters like Tywin, Daemon, and even Mago are good people? Yeah, well, I mean, there's a lot of real-world political people who people love, who a lot of people love, who a lot of people find horrific. So, I mean, in a political story, of course, people are going to have different opinions yeah. about political figures. And, so, I don't um, find it... It, it's not shocking, but it is off-putting. <laughs> it's like how Alan Moore wrote Watchmen and was shocked that all these people loved Rorschach, who was like this violent, despicable, stinky political extremist who steals people's beans. And yet many people idolize him. And so I think that's part of the mark of a good story when people have different subjective opinions about polarizing yeah, figures. The author isn't like dictating what you're supposed to think. SMC says, I wonder why everyone think Jon Snow would be a true-born Targaryen. I think because in the TV show, his parents secretly got married, and that might be true in the books as well. Uh, But SMC argues that maybe he's still a bastard if they weren't married. I think that is an interesting possibility. But I think that part of the point and the impact of R plus L equals J is that it gives Jon a claim on the throne, and that complicates his relationship with Daenerys and gives him a political role, potentially, and a political temptation. So... 
I tend to think he probably will be Trueborn, but whether people believe it mm. and whether there's proof of it is another question. I think in John's head he'll always be Jon Snow because being a bastard is just a part of who he is. Yeah. It's certainly defining for his upbringing and everything. Killer Golem says, Sup, Gildan and Shaft. Been watching you guys for a long time. Figured it was time for a dono. Thank you. One question from the old Swift X's totally accurate Song of Ice and Fire theory generator. How likely is John the secret child of Hosta Tully and Lyanna? Not impossible. The Tullys and the Starks were close in that time. They were looking for intermarriages. Mm. Although, how much... Well, actually, no. Well, Lyanna was very young... I guess it's possible that Lyanna got pregnant off Hoster like right before she ran off with Rhaegar, it would have to be. Uh, maybe Rhaegar helped keep that secret. Maybe Hoster visited Lyanna at the Tower of Joy. Ew. There's, <laughs> there's no proof they didn't. I'm just trying to think of how it could work. Zero equals zero. Ben Russell says, Hey, Glut and Schwut. That's my favourite so far. If Gurm were to release another sample chapter for wins, who slash what would you like to see? Ghost one. Sam. Awesome. All right. I think that Gladys has got to run. I am itching. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. All right. We are wrapping this stream up right now. Sorry we have to cut this short. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. This was fun. We're going to do it again. Next time, we're going to do more than three food descriptions. I promise. You're telling me. Uh, Thanks for doing this, Gladys. This was fun. Thanks for welcoming welcoming me on your channel. Oh, good. Thanks for coming back. It's both of our channel. (laughs) We got to go. Thank you, guys. Thank you, everyone. Brush your teeth and eat vegetables. See ya. Or don't. (laughs) Ha ha ha. No, dude.